Today on the Rita Made Me Do It show. I'm not going to do something crazy, you know, spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get, get something to not work out. You know, I, I'm going to be smart about how I take the risk. And, and then the other part about, you know, like maybe some people not on board. Maybe they will, you know, let, let's just put it this way, right? Some people might unfollow me. They stop watching my content, whatever, right? That's going to happen. So I don't take it personally. The way I see, like maybe what the, something you can tell yourself. So you're smart, managing your self-talk. It's like, hey, you know, I, I understand what I may, the direction I'm going in now may not attract, may not be right for you, may not attract you, may not bring you value, but it's okay because I trust that, you know, whatever I put out there, it will be helpful for someone else too. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about pleasing everybody. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me. Like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. I am so excited for this episode of the Read and Mimi Do It show, not just because of my guest, although, of course, and I'm sure he's very used to hearing this, like it brings back a little bit of nostalgia, like I can remember. I remember when I was the first time I learned about my guest. I wonder if you remember where you were. And it was just a very fun time of life. So like the nostalgia, like the younger side of Rita is really excited to be talking to this person who I'm about to introduce you to. But also the conversation that we're going to have, I think, is really powerful. I think it's important. And I think it's going to be of interest to you as a solopreneur, whether you create products or you create services. It's that idea of who you need to be and the process that you're following to be a solo entrepreneur or even an entrepreneur or small business owner, to take something, to create it, to like put it out into the world. Everything we're talking about today, I think will help you also help you feel like I'm not alone in a lot of these thoughts and a lot of the things that I'm going through. And so I'm really excited to have William Hung here today. Hey, how are you doing, William? I'm doing very well. Is that weird that so many, like, I mean, you have to be used to it by now because when were you on, so for people who don't know, William Hung was on American Idol. Just go Google it. You, I, if, just, if you don't know, I can't help you. Go Google it and see it and find it, right? But is it weird though that so many people like can associate pieces of their life with you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember I had roommates. I remember where I was sitting. I, I remember where I was. I remember sitting on the couch. I can remember the couch I was sitting on. I remember the people I was with. I remember, like, is that weird that people have that association with you that they feel so familiar with you and they feel like you are in a way kind of a part of so many people's lives, right? Yeah. It's, it's all of a sudden people know who I am. They ask me for pictures and autographs. It feels weird. It feels weird. Right. And I saw you at Podfest. So William, the, the way I really got connected with William, guys, was at, at Podfest. And you heard me talk about that two episodes ago. And even at Podfest, people were coming up to you and like, can I, have yes. can I, can I take a photo with you? Can I? It's going to feel good, though, to know that you had such an impact yeah. on people. Yeah. So anyway, that's just like the little try. I had to get that out of the way because it is. 
It is so weird. I, I remember once, I'll tell you the story. You, you might get a kick out of it. I remember once I was walking down the street and this girl comes up and she hugs me. She's like, Rita. She gives me this big hug. And I thought I had forgotten who she was. And I was like, oh my God, hi. And then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You've never met me before, but I listen to your podcast and I feel like I know you. And I just like follow you on Instagram and I feel like you're my friend. I'm so, so sorry. And so I remember the thinking that's weird. And then also like, there's something very nice about the fact that you're having that impact. In yes. Your lives. And I love that you still are in so many ways. One thing. So one thing I want to ask, though, before American Idol, before all of that, a question I love asking my guests, and I'll tell you later why I ask it. But my question is, tell me about you at age seven. What was your personality like around age seven? What were you interested in around age seven? Like, I want to meet seven-year-old William Hung. Uh, that's really interesting that you picked seven years old. I don't remember that much about seven years old. I remember I like toys, I like games, and that's about it. Okay, toy as well. That it's actually very interesting that that's your answer. So, were you were you shy? Were you extroverted? Were you like a little bit of your personality? Do you remember what that had to have been like? I guess the equivalent of I used to be introvert. I I I know that for many years. I don't talk to that many people. I have some friends, but not that many. I don't have many like great friends, very close bonds. Okay. Uh, so, so I, I feel like American Idol many years later, that experience forced me to be extrovert. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, let me tell you why, and why your answer was actually very interesting given where this conversation is going to go or we know it's going to go. So there was a study done and the study said that you are your most authentic self at age seven because you're old enough that you kind of know who you are, like you're feeling comfortable and like you've developed, you know, your personality a little bit, your traits, but you're young enough that you don't care what people think necessarily so much yet. Like you haven't allowed like other people's opinions to like start dictating, you know, the fear isn't as high. So you're still at that sweet spot where you don't really care what other people think and you're not really afraid of stuff yet, but you're old enough to have kind of grown into yourself. So they say oh. you're the most authentic at age seven. So your interests at age seven, like the way your person is like who your true self kind of is with some exceptions, obviously. But the fact that you said games and board games and all of that, and like we're, we're going to loop back to how that's spitting into your life. Now, I find that very interesting that you kind of are still living in alignment with that authentic piece of yourself. Yeah, I, I, I always like to play games. I have a kid's heart. And my fiance also have that kid's heart. It doesn't matter. We have we are set age 70, 80. We always like to have fun. Maybe my personality is that I don't like the traditional way of working because it's boring. And when I was digging into a little bit about your career trajectory and like your, I was like, that's interesting. I kept saying that, well, that was an interesting turn. Oh, he did what? Like he worked at the LA Sheriff's office and like, that's an interesting turn. I didn't see that coming. Right. So I can see, and I can't wait for that conversation around like all of the bigger themes around that, but they do say, so that, that study, the way that it wrapped up was very much around if you're feeling disconnected from yourself at any time. If you're feeling like you're working, but you're not loving what you do, or you feel like you're not, you know, stepping into that life that lights you up, chances are you've stopped being the person that you were at age seven. And when I think about that, I remember 
I loved performing in plays. I, shocker. I loved speaking. I loved being on stage, all of that. And then there was a period in my business when I started my business and I was really unhappy and I didn't love it and I didn't know what was going on. And it's because I stopped. I had gone behind the scenes in my business. I stopped speaking. I stopped going around to conferences. I stopped. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, I'm losing that authentic piece of me. So like for everybody out there and for you too, just remember that if you're ever feeling like blah, chances are you're not being that seven-year-old kid all over. So you have had a very interesting, like you were a civil engineer and then you got like derailed from that because of American Idol. And of course I would have been derailed from anything if I had even half of what like came to you as a result of American Idol. But you did like music and you did a movie. And then from that though, you really did end up going into the sheriff's department, the crime, like crime investigations unit. And- right. Yeah, it's it's something like that because I thought I would be excited to do something like CSI or Criminal Minds, but it wasn't like that. It wasn't. I was about to say, was it like that at all? Or no, a lot of paperwork. Just no, on. because I was reading and processing very depressing police reports every day. Oh yeah, but that's the track you were on as a civil engineer. So like, how did you even get a foot into the door? What skill, if somebody's like, well, I think that sounds interesting, William, I think that reading depressing police reports sounds like a great time. Like, what would get them in the door? What skill or what background would they need to have to go into crime analysis? Um, Math. Math. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I could never do it then. Could never. I could never go into it. And then you ended up at, like, the Department of Health, right? And from that, it's like... Your theme of continuous reinvention, like always continuously reinventing yourself. You have lived that, right? You have have definitely done that. But let me ask you a question. What has been the catalyst for the reinvention? Is it that you're not ever happy with who you are? This is a deep question, William. Is it that you're not ever really happy with who you are? And so you're trying to find happiness? Or is it that you just get bored and you want something new? Or is it more like, I didn't even know I'd go on to this thing. It just kind of took me there and I'm along for the ride. Like, what is the underlying motivation of all of these big swings and changes in your life? Well, the brutal truth is that I need to make a living to survive. Yes. Well, I think we all understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so, So my entertainment career, even though it was very glamorous in the beginning for the first four years, it wasn't that glamorous. And then I got hit, but you know, with a divorce at the wrong time because I I, I didn't have a prenup, you know, I, I I didn't know how to protect myself. Yeah, and I was very naive, you know. I I got, I didn't know that girl very well that dated yeah. online, uh, and I just got married oh, for, no, for, for not, for no good reason. So so that's a lesson learned, and and uh, and then that's why I have to. Build, build back up from I don't want to say from the from from ground zero it's not ground zero yeah. Uh, but yeah but I I want you know I did have a choice I could still hope to get lucky from showbiz but I wasn't comfortable just sitting around waiting for gigs yeah uh, I still I still never gave up my dream to become the entertainer and speaker I always did it even if it's on the side yeah so that's something people something people might not know and I love that too. So there were so many actually in that story, there are so many little nuggets that I love. And like one of the nuggets that I love is you can have a dream and be living that dream. And you can also be doing other things to fund your life. Do you know what I mean? So many people yes. feel like 
oh, well, I have to burn all the bridges down. And I, if, I, if I'm not like, we'll focus on business owners because that's mainly my audience. Sure, right? of course. So like people who want to start a business, they'll feel like, well, if I'm not quitting my corporate job and really going, then I'm not really serious about my business. And I'm like, hold up. You need to eat food and you need to like, you pay the bills. So maybe you want right. to money. So how is it though, that you could still focus on your dream and you have grown your, you are a speaker, you are doing all of these things, right? So you really, it's not just like a hobby, like you've really taken your dream and turned it into something real, but yet yes. you've been doing all of these other things. How did you stay focused on it? And not get distracted from it because of everything else that you had to do to put food on the table and afford your life. Well, uh, know what actions you can take with the limited time and energy you have and be realistic about it. Yeah. Like, which, so I love that. Like, what is my time? What is my current time situation? What is my current energy like? And then what action can I take that'll actually move this? Board, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Even if, even if it's uh, you know slower, like 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 it's like a like a canoe through the river. <laughs> it, I think it's a good analogy. Uh-huh. It's okay. You're still moving in the right direction. Yeah, you're still going. Like, you're, at least you're still moving forward as opposed to not doing anything. And I don't know if you've seen this to be true about a lot of business owners, but. And it could be because we definitely live in this world of instant gratification and we want it and we want it now and we want all the results now. People feel like it has to all happen at once and it has to all happen quickly. And if it's not happening like that, then it's not kind of going to happen or it's not worth exploring. And so I really love that you say like, it's the canoe, like through the river, guys, like you'll get there yeah. but enjoy the ride. You have to be able to enjoy the ride. And that, yeah. I think you've enjoyed the ride. On almost everything that you've done. Is that true? Yes. All right, cool. So you're doing this, you're reinventing yourself, right? And you've done this numerous times, but like every time you've done something, there's obviously been a risk involved. You were in school and you left school, right? To be able to pursue what was happening, to ride the wave of what was happening. And then like you decided it was time to focus on something. And then you, so every time you make a shift, you're like taking a risk and you're leaving a little bit of what had become consistent and stable, I'll say, like maybe stability and like comfort to go into something that you don't know if that's actually going to work or not. So like, how do you balance that need for, I do need stability. I do need comfort with this desire to constantly chase the next fun thing or or ride the wave wherever it's going. Because I feel like that would be that would feel very anxious for me to constantly be in uncertainty. So how do you balance the two? Well, one of the useful questions I ask myself is what is the worst thing that can happen and whether or not you can accept the potential consequence. So for my American Idol audition, I thought the worst thing that can happen is I go back to school and that's the end of the journey. So it's not that bad. I feel I feel okay about that. Yes, people might get a few laughs here and there, but, but nothing too crazy. As for starting a, a new business, whether it's the speaking business, whether it's my new dream to create a new board game or even start a new podcast, well, th- that those those ventures have more risk involved. I'm thinking like my approach now is I, I grew up, I'm more mature. I'm not going to spend a lot of money up front 
one of my favorite books I ever read is Profit First. So oh, it's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I and I wish more people uh, approach business that way. You know, w- when it comes, it will come. You know, even if it's small amount. Yeah, that's how I got started. Like for example, I transitioned my my live speaking and performing into something called Cameo. It's like an online app. Fans, I know Cameo. I've I've paid for a Cameo or two for people. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, right. So, so I so I'm very fortunate and grateful to to be able to you know do very well on platforms like that. But nobody knows. So you 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 take it as a side hustle. You know, maybe you in the beginning you get a few here and there, and then you get more as you go along. So nobody knows how your path will, will turn out to be, but you you focus on on the different possibilities, and then the ones you see like oh there may be momentum, maybe people will like that, and then you do more of it. You do more of it. You just do more of what people already like. Like I, I tell business owners this all the time. They all I get it. It's a very difficult thing, but people have this idea of the business they want to build, but then people are coming to them for something else, right? So people might be like, but I want, I'll always stick with coaching as an example because it's the easiest to understand, right? So people might be like, I want to coach on, I don't know, on how to be a confident woman in the world, but people keep coming to me for like career coaching, right? And I'll be like, cool. Like people are begging you to like take my money. I want you to Career coaching, yeah. could we start there and then grow into the next thing? Because it can be so easy to just ignore a business that is knocking on your door. And I love that you're like, there are opportunities and I'm going to like lean into these opportunities. And I can also still lean into other things, but like, I'm not going to ignore the opportunity that's in front of yeah. me. Right. And I think that's so powerful. One thing I do want to say though, is that that ability, that question of like, what's the worst thing that can happen? One thing I was talking to a client about, and I'm going to be curious about your take on this. We actually just finished talking about this. She got to that. Like, but Rita, like, what if dot, dot, dot? What if it doesn't work? What if this happens? You know, the what ifs, right? And and we got to the point of trusting yourself, not only to take the action, but trusting yourself to figure out how to navigate whatever happens, right? Like, whatever that result is. So I'm sure you've been now you've done analysis on some of this and the outcome may not be great. Like the the worst that could happen might be pretty scary, right? But you've still done it. So how do you trust yourself in those situations to be able, like if the worst does happen, how do you know that you'll get through it? How do you know that you'll pull yourself through that moment? Well, you plan ahead, you you learn from your mistakes and then hopefully you don't do the same thing again. So I went sure that, that that didn't pan out that the way I really wanted. I self-published a book called Champion by Choice. I paid a okay. lot of money to how to say it, a book publishing team. It's like a, it's, it, they have they have a team of ghostwriters, editors. Okay. And that cost me almost 20 grand. It's very hard to get back 20 grand, no matter how you market it, no matter what you do. Like like that. Let's say I get a few extra speaking opportunities that's paid. Let's say I still I sell some books here and there for different events. It's still very hard to recoup the cost. Yes, I mean the reviews are really good, but it's still too much risk up front. So that's something I learned. It's like okay, let's don't do like that again. You know, if I were to yeah. do that yeah. again, may, maybe what I'll do is is like you know quit on social media. You know, put different pieces of the story to get feedback, to see which ones my audience will respond better to. And then maybe uh, pick the best ones to put together as chapters, you know, try out audio, video format, 
and then t- take it to something like Kickstarter or, or crowdfunding source, you know, to to see if there's uh, if there's people who want who like my idea. You know, fast forward. That's what I'm going to do if I if, I, if I'm going to create my own board game or some major product. There's no reason for me to take all the risk up front. And I love that. And I think that for business owners too, one thing I would say, they're always like, well, I want to, I don't know, create a course or create a program or create a whatever. And I'm going to film all the videos and have all the workbooks and have all the things. And then I'm going to take it and I'm going to sell it. And they go to bring it out yeah, to the yeah. market and everybody's like, nobody's buying right. it. And then they go frustrated. Right. It's all crickets. It's, it's terrible. Like, Why don't you? Yeah. It's, ter- it's a terrible, I mean, I've been there too. It's a terrible feeling, right? But if you just test the idea first, or if you sell it, before you create it, because I always tell people, if you get pre like this board game we're going to talk about that you're going to create, if you had people say, I want it, and they paid for it before it ever existed, chances are you're going to go create that board game because you've got money waiting like to be paid to you once this board game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you'll do it. So I, but that trust in yourself, I think where you said, look, this, this didn't go the way that I, but where does the trust come from? It's from really examining the lessons from previous things and saying, I'm learning from these and I'm actually able to implement the lessons that I learned and be a different person than I was when it happened the first time. Right. So how do you know though, how do you know when you should ride a wave and when you should stay put? How do you determine, I guess it's the right time. It's the right the right moment to do this. Or maybe it's like, maybe even though this opportunity is here and this idea is here, I shouldn't do it. Have you ever had something that you really wanted to do that you chose not to do, but choosing not to do it was the right decision? Yeah, of course. Like like in the past, there were some movie or appearance opportunities where I would do something that's against my values you know, whether swearing, profanity, say something bad about other people. I learned not to do that in the early uh, parts of my career because I read other newspapers or research, uh, other stars. You know, the people who did that, something always bad happens to them. <laughs> Come back to bite them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because it's that authenticity, right? Like if you disconnect from your values a lot can go wrong because it's not who you are as a person. You feel bad about yourself. Like a lot of stuff spirals from that, right? So I love that 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 test for you is kind of, well, is this thing going to take me away from a core value? Does this thing really take me away from who I want to be? Maybe I should not go do that. If I don't love doing it, if it's not part of my ideal life, if it's not a skill that I that lights me up and makes me feel good, why would I? Exactly. Yeah, right? that's right. So you were talking though about, we were talking about the failure and like the book situation that didn't really turn out the way you wanted to and all of this, like, but what is the role of experimentation and failure in the process of reinvention? Because what I've noticed is people are scared to reinvent themselves yeah. if they're not guaranteed it's going to work, right? Yeah. Like I yeah. need a guarantee. Tell me it'll work. <laughs> you know, like, like Rita, if I start my own business, I need to know that it'll work before I ever start it, right? Like that's just not the way. It work. You can have an idea that it might yeah. work, but you'll never know for sure. So, like you talked about taking these failures and turning them into lessons that have helped you. How has that really, like all of these failures, all of this experimentation, how has that helped you become the person you are today? Like, how are you different today? I think is what I'm asking than you were back before you consciously started down this path of growth. Well, I feel everything I do now is is more intentional. 
It's even though I'm still giving myself a lot of space to play, to experiment, it's not just randomly throwing spaghetti at the wall. Oh, I love that. So let's think that's a word that's definitely a buzzword, intention. And it's a buzzword among entrepreneurs like, well, I need to be intentional. I need to be intent. But how would you describe intentionality in a tangible way? How do you know that something like you're like, I'm being intentional about this experimentation? Well, what makes that so? Like, what makes it where it's not throwing spaghetti on the wall? What would your your kind of three-step test me to say, is this <laughs> or is this not intentional? Oh, well, I, I go back to the sitting down and figuring out my life mission. And, and that's something I came up with from many years, you know, of trial and error. It didn't, it, it's not just something I woke up, it's like, holla, that's it. <laughs> not quite. So now my mission, I know, is like, I want to help people find their freedom by using their voice. So that that is what I want to stand up for, no matter what I do or how I do it. Uh, that's incredible. So again, I like to turn things into tests. So if you're like pursuing an opportunity or an action, you would go back and say, well, wait a minute. Is this in alignment with my life's mission, right? Like, is this something that's getting me closer to my life's mission? If so, check. Is there like yes. another thing that it needs to pass in order for you to go, this is the right thing for me to to pay attention to right now is there anything else okay so yes absolutely so so another another um wisdom that i learned is that whatever project or or venture that you're pursuing is this something that you are naturally curious to learn more about without other people pushing you so good i'm writing it down william i'm writing it down william are you naturally (laughs) curious to pursue this Without, I guess, without people asking you to, or without the yes. validation, I think that would be right. Right, it's like it's almost like you don't care. Yeah, like 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 like, like if you re- if you if let's say you want to be good at, at a specific video game, or or you want to be good at you know speaking on stage, performing a, a certain genre of songs, whatever that may be, you yeah. know, playing ping pong, whatever. Yeah, right. You're probably gonna be self motivated to do the research yourself and then create processes that work for you. Oh, that's so good because that idea too, to me of like, if nobody ever knew, if nobody ever discovered that that was something that you were, you were knowledgeable on or that you were, you know, good with, or that you were talented at, if there was, if no one followed you on social media for it, if no one commented and liked it, if no one got you on the news, if no one, <laughs> would you still love it, right? Because so many yes. people are driven by what other people will like, and it's not yes. even what they will like. That's, yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Is there anything else? Is there like a third part of that? So like, it isn't alignment with my life's mission, check. Am I naturally curious about this, regardless of whether anybody ever sees this and knows that it ever came to be? Yes, I still want to do it. I still want to get good at it. I still want to explore this thing. Awesome. If so, go. Or is there anything else? I I'm not sure if I have another major like decision like like yeah yeah it's, it's, it's like a decision framework right like a decision yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right but I know that that's like in my heart like I don't like to have regrets you know at towards the end of my life yeah uh, like like even it, it I I succeed I fail whatever I want to be to to be able to say to myself okay. I try my best. I have no regrets. Yeah. That is my life philosophy. And that's why I was able to share the American Idol. 
It's not something that that is like, oh, I I, I say this, you know, maybe I will get famous. Yeah, that's not my thought process. You know, I have a, I have no expectations. Oh, I love that. Like that that last piece of like, it kind of goes back to where you said, what's the worst case scenario? Because if you look at the worst case scenario, go, and would I really have regrets about that? Like maybe my worst case scenario is like. I don't know. I lose my husband. I mean, I would regret that, Chuck. I would regret it if I lost you, Chuck. I don't know where you are. But like, but like, if it was like, would I, if I explore this, I could potentially lose my friends or I could lose my marriage or I could make a family member unhappy. Right. And I could like disappoint somebody. And, and if that would be a regret that would like cloud me for the rest of my life, maybe I shouldn't follow that. But if, if it's like, no, no, no regrets, I would still be really happy doing it. Then it's like, you want to make sure, will I have a regret or will I not have a regret? That would be serious and a life altering kind of regret. And I I love that. It goes back to that. Let's talk about that for a minute too, because all these reinventions, all these choices, all these, here's the other thing besides fear. And that kind of, I need to know what a work feeling that keeps people from it. It is that, but what if I disappoint someone? So like, William, you left school to explore everything that was happening with American Idol. I will tell you this. I left my career as a lawyer to become a dating coach for a while. Trust me, oh. my mother had things to say about that. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, right? Like I quit a 13-year career as a lawyer to say I'm a dating coach now. There were there were conversations around that. So how do you go down these paths that are your dreams, right? Which I know you love to help people step into their dream. What would you say to somebody who's like, but that's going to really disappoint somebody in my life, or that's really going to, I'm not going to get their support, or uh, how do you manage that and still be able to chase your dream? Like, how would, what would you advise somebody who's in that moment? Like, I've got it, William, I'm going to do it. I feel it, but I'm really scared because I might lose my friends. I'm going to be so different than them, or I might lose a relationship because I'll have to travel all the time, or I might make my mom upset if I if I do this, what would you say to that person? Well, first of all, I'm very grateful to find a soulmate that is very supportive for me chasing my dreams. I think that's a, that's that's going to be a very good start. Yeah, find someone that's more willing to take risks with you, but but also communicate how what your plan is. You know, like like what, the way I communicate with my soulmate, I told her. That, that, you know, I'm not, I, I, right now, I financially, I'm doing okay. No matter what happens, I can support us, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. So I, I'm not gonna, and I like I shared with you early on the show, I'm not gonna do something crazy, you know, spend ten, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get, get something to not work out. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm, I won't, I won't do that. You know, I, I'm gonna be smart about how I take the risk. Yeah. So, so communicate that with your partner. And and then the other part about you know like maybe some people not on board maybe they were you know let, let's just put it this way right some people might unfollow me they stop watching my content whatever right that's going to happen so I don't take it personally the way I see like maybe what the, something you can tell yourself so you're small, managing your self talk it's like hey you know I I understand what I may the direction I'm going in now may not attract may not be right for you may not attract you may not bring you value but it's okay because I trust that you know whatever I put out there it will be helpful for someone else too yeah. so, so don't don't worry about pleasing everybody yeah oh my god so I mean so good because in order 
in order to resonate with the right people, you really do have to alienate people. Otherwise, you're just kind of being so generic that like nobody loves you and nobody hates you because right, that doesn't work either. Yeah, it doesn't work, right? Then you that's where you feel disconnected from your own life because you're not really living your life out loud, right? But I love that. Like sometimes your spouse doesn't believe it or not. I mean, yes, it's important to have a supportive spouse. They have to support your choices to do something, but they also don't have to be like your full support. You can go find a circle of other podcasters who really like my husband doesn't need to learn everything about podcasting and support me in pod. He just has to support my choice in having a podcast, but I can go exactly. find other people that can give me the support that I'm not getting from other people. Yeah. Too, yeah, right? exactly. And, and then the, the, the and then why I want to add to that, is that some people are meant to do what they do. You know, my, my fiance, she does medical billing. She likes what she does. I'm not going to tell her to quit her yeah. job. That, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> if she can have a wonderful career, maybe become an auditor or whatever her, her path grows, whatever which direction that makes sense for her, go, go do it. You know, maybe you take a step back. You know, not everybody has to be solopreneur or a small business owner either. If you feel like, you know, you, you want to, challenge yourself you are some you, you want to be more creative maybe that's something that you can you know decide for yourself yeah i love that i love that idea of like support and communication is key with anybody your partner your family whatever communication and openness and at the end of the day the hardest part i think for people is to be okay with other people being disappointed in you yeah. and to be okay with other people not liking what your choices are and and i think that that's easier when you are more confident in who you are being, which I think relates to everything you said earlier around, I know my values, I know my mission, I know what I was put here to do. But if you don't have that clarity, it's going to be really hard to move past other people's disappointment. When did you have that moment that you were like, oh my gosh, that is my life's mission. And why is it so important to you to have people find freedom. And what does that mean? Find find freedom by using their voice. Like explain that to people who might be like, I don't understand what you mean. It's about communicating what you want in your life while you're doing it in a way that's very clear and also respectful of other people's wishes. Like I don't force my vision onto, onto you or onto other people. I confidently share, okay, this is what I want. If my, one of my mentors she gave me a very great question. If money and resources is not an issue, what, what would you be doing? And then I, yeah. I, I told her, like, I would love to create some kind of game or simulation to help people try different businesses and ventures without spending so much time and money. And she said, so what a brilliant idea. And to add to that question, and then I want to talk about this game. That's a great, thank you for that great transition point, William. But that another thing I tell people is you have all these ideas, you have all if it all would work, if you just knew everything would work, whatever you chose to do would work, what would you choose, right? You have all these different things. So many people make their choices not based off of what they love or what will what they want to do, but because they choose not to do other things because they think it's not going to work, right? So it's like, I just say, take that off the table. Right. It'll all work. If every A, A, B, C, D, E, it'll all work. It'll all bring you the success, the money. Which one would you choose? And then they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Cause I'm making my choice based off of, well, that probably won't work or this will work better. I think this, but no, it'll all work equally well. What will you do? And they're like, 
It, same thing, uh, right? It's because it's like if money and whatever was off the table, what would you do? So this game idea, right? And I'm as a business coach, I'm down for people trying different business ventures without putting a lot of money into it. What made you come up with this this idea? Where did this idea come from? It came from my life journey, from both my triumphs and failures. You know, I wish that I knew that maybe I'm not that good at civil engineering, for example. Maybe I wish uh, I wish I found out more, learn more about how the entertainment career or showbiz works. It's like 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 for that one, like like just like, like real quick. It's not as glamorous as people think because the hardest part about that business is managing the relationship behind the scenes as well as being very careful with what you agree to legally. Because one one misstep, your your career could be done. You know, everything, all the money you earn, that's it. You're done. You're done. And so yeah. So there's a lot, a lot that goes in, and that's true for everybody, right? Like, same thing. I wish I had known how I would have ultimately felt about the law. I wish I had known, you know, I wish I had, I wish I could go through simulations. And maybe with artificial intelligence now, you can, right? Like, <laughs> go through simulations of relationships to see how that would pan out before yeah. I a lot of time into it. Like, upload somebody into a system and say, pretend that we date for five years tell me what the outcome of this is and what the probability is exactly <laughs> that'd be crazy. so funny so this idea this thing like what do you hope to have for the people who ultimately and we're going to talk about the, the actual game in a minute but you have this idea where people can try all of these different things to figure out like how would that go is that something i really want to explore to learn what you don't know because you always say you don't know what you don't know this will allow people yeah. to know some things that maybe they wouldn't have known until it was too far over on the other side, right? Too far over on the other side. Right. So what do you hope that people will walk away from this game with as a result of playing it? Well, maybe they will learn both the pros and cons for different ventures, careers or business ideas. Because there's always some challenging aspects of every business or yeah. career. That's the main takeaway I want people to walk away with. Like this, the, the entertainment side is a good example because Many people only see the good, the, the, the result. The result is like, wow, yay, I finished speaking. Everybody cheering. <laughs> and behind the scenes, it's like, there's a lot more to it than that. What I love though is that, that there's always a challenge no matter what you choose to do because so many people try to find the way, the thing that won't bring difficulty and won't bring discomfort. They're trying to go around it, right? Like if, if discomfort, challenge, yeah. All of that's in the center of a circle. People are trying to walk around it instead of realizing the only way is through it because every single thing comes with risk. Everything comes with challenge. Everything comes with, there's not the thing that will magically not have any of that. Right, right, right. Like, like really sum up all the, the yeah. how to say, the big takeaway. Because you know, some some business and careers, like, like content creator, podcaster, whatever, freelancer, they have the barrier to entry is very low. Like anybody could theoretically do it to get started. But, but because the, the barrier to entry is so low, you have very difficult competition. Yeah. Very, very hard. And, and, and on the other, on the extreme end of it, maybe lawyer, doctor, engineer, the barrier to entry is a lot higher. So, so once you get into it, yeah, you're probably going to have a very good job, very, you get pretty good pay and your life is probably good. 
Oh, that's what I thought, William. That's that's what I thought it would be like as a lawyer. Well, I mean, and yes, there is some truth to that. I, I was very fortunate. But what I love about this game concept is I think it taps back into something I was talking about earlier and we we touched on. I think it's, it, yes, it highlights there are going to be challenges and here's the reality of what exploring this path will be like, just so you can be prepared, right? You can make some yeah. decisions before you've taken too much risk. But I think also it will help you trust that you can navigate those challenges, right? That ability to say, I can navigate this because you are navigating it just in that simulated kind of environment, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that's so important. It's like, oh, I can trust that whatever happens, look at me navigating it like a champ right here. I'll be able to do that in the real world. Yeah. It gives you more of that. And that was a question I wanted to ask you, which is like, how do you develop the courage and confidence that's necessary to take these steps, to do this thing, to show up in this way, to put yourself out there? What has helped you develop the courage and confidence to do all of these things? Uh, managing the uncertainty as well as your expectations. Because no matter which path you choose, there will be random events that happen in your life, some within your control, some outside your control. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw there was, a, I was doing my research on you. And I think you said that in a thing, like you're, you're letting go of expectations has been like one of the things that has really allowed you to move forward. And I think that's so true. Like if you're attached to the outcome and how it'll look, number one, you're going to miss so many other things that could happen. But number two, that's where frustration, that's where disappointment comes from because you thought it would go one way, like relationships. You thought a date would end with a second date and it doesn't. And then you feel very disappointed. But if instead you go into the date and say, I wonder why I'm meeting this person. It could be because we're supposed to date or it could be they're going to tell me about a really neat thing that I need to know about or I'm going to tell them something or we're just going to, you know, whatever. Then it's so much more easy to move through all of it. I love that. Letting go of expectations. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that as the key to building courage and confidence. I think it's 100% accurate because a lot of people are like flex the muscle like not actual muscles but like flex the muscles and do the things and just keep putting yourself in these situations and you'll build confidence but like letting go of expectations really does give you the the courage to do whatever because you're you don't know what'll happen you're open to anything that'll happen right right how do you maintain so this this board game idea that you have let's talk about where are you in the development process of this william just planning and research because my my plan, you know, yes, I could create it from the from the ground up, but I don't know that's the, that's the best way, use of my time and energy. I found a couple of uh, potential game publishers working on a similar idea already, yeah. so that maybe I I will reach out and see if I can collaborate or contribute. I love that so much because here's what happens in solo entrepreneur land. Well, Rita, I want to yeah. do this thing. I want to build this business, but I saw somebody else is already doing it. So I guess, I guess that's it. I guess that's so. I guess there's no room for me, or I guess why should I do it if other so many other people are doing it? And I love your approach to like someone else kind of has this idea. Why don't I try to partner with them? Why don't I collaborate with them? Why don't we like come together instead of viewing it as I think the way people view it as competition? Like, oh, look at that. Someone's already doing it. They're probably further along with me. They're pro- So how are you evaluating, though, as you find people that may be doing similar things or you found this company? What would you do to evaluate whether they would actually be a good partner or a good collaborator or not? 
I spent a lot of time digging up their their past projects that they completed, the feedback they received. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, like I don't even mind putting out there. One company I, I would reach out to after we're done with this interview is Underdog Games because you know, <laughs> like cool name for the company too because they design like family friendly games that's not too complicated. You know, you could complete within thirty to sixty minutes sitting down after dinner. So it, it aligns with the vision that I have or something I want to create. I'm not saying this partnership will work out. If anything, yeah, you know, I would consider investing on their, you know, upcoming project if they have, well, whatever they might have in the pipeline. So that's how I, that's, that's how you know, like, like there's no easy answer. The way I did my market initial research was like, I read their values, their process. I like how they are so transparent. You could literally find find everything they share online on their website. You know, that's how, oh, wow, this is amazing. You know, very few companies are so transparent about what they do. No, I, I just, what I love about all of that is it goes back to that clarity on your mission and your values. I think if you're clear on your mission for your life and you're clear on the values that drive your life, it becomes so easy to make decisions around who you want to be around and who you want to partner with it. Because you're like, this is in alignment with who I am as a person. This is in alignment with my beliefs. This is in alignment with what I believe is important for people. But you wouldn't know that if you hadn't spent time getting to know yourself and getting clear yes. on yourself, right? And I, I just love that. Yes. But I also love your little lesson of you don't have to do it all yourself. Yourself, You don't have to do everything, whether it's pieces of it or whether it's the whole thing and you just find a partner and you like, because the main goal, I think, is always getting it out into the hands of people, right? In the situation, a game. Like the goal is let's get the game into people's hands. It doesn't matter yes. how it gets into people's hands as long as that goal is met. I think people become really attached to, but I want to be the one to put it into people's hands, right? What? Yeah. So how do you, I guess like, how do you stay focused on the real goal the real because what will happen i don't know have you partnered with anybody before for anything in the past have you collaborated or partnered with anybody not like may not some i i mean i'm sure i partnered before yeah. you know whether whether it's you know entertainment agents in the industry other celebrities like ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah yeah so but, but it's different because now the way i approach everything is i figure out okay you know am i very good at this even though i i like i i like right yes. I'm not that good at game design because I haven't done it before. There's a big difference between game design and sitting down and play and be a, a streamer. <laughs> Huge difference. Right? You, but I, that's so important too, to know where your strengths are and to know where your weaknesses are. And one thing that I think holds business owners up, especially solo entrepreneurs, is they like doing certain things in their business, right? But they really shouldn't be yes. the one doing those things in terms of being a business owner. So they might love creating graphics in Canva for social media. But as the CEO of a business and needing to go out and get business and be the face of the business, they should not necessarily be the one doing that. I think people get so mixed up in, but I, lo I love it. I love So I'll just keep all of these tasks because I love doing them. But just because you love doing it doesn't mean you should be the one doing it right and I think yeah that's exactly it goes back to that that's that's a very good point but there's a there's a project coming up where i had to do a bilingual speech in both mandarin and english oh wow uh, and that's very challenging because even though i'm fluent with Cantonese, i'm not fluent and proficient with mandarin 
So I so it's an informed decision, you know. Yes, it's a paid gig, obviously. <laughs> but I talked to the person that hired me, the organizer. I said I much rather spend my time making a better speech rather rather than trying to figure out the exact right words in the native language. Yeah. So can you do me a favor? Can you be you know help me translate as I speak each line? Yeah. Because I've done that before, you know. I and I think that's smart, you know. It, I like it, I like that smart. I'm right. I even really, yeah. I don't know why. I'm like smart, smart. I have to write that down and underline it. Like, <laughs> guys, smart use of your time is one of the best things that you can do, and that means knowing your weaknesses and where other people might be better at something than you. And not letting that be a mark that something's wrong with you. This is another thing I see, William, and I don't know if you have to. Yeah. Where sometimes people feel like, especially high achievers, feel like mm-hmm. I should really, because they have been good at anything that they've done. So when they yeah. go to do something new and they're not the best at it, they feel like yeah. almost letting somebody else kick in or contribute or do that means that something's wrong with them. That they yeah they, yeah I feel like I, that's a great point because I've, I I'm I'm Chinese too you know and I feel ba- I feel bad asking for it initially but but if I take a step back it's like wait a minute I got other projects I need to work on I don't want to spend all my time for the next two or three weeks you know writing that that speech that I want to use like one time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like just because somebody is better at something or it would be more efficient doesn't mean anything is broken or wrong with you. Right. Like you are able to lean into your strengths and do even more. And I love that. Yeah. Like, I will be more efficient. I will do a better talk because I don't have to worry about this over here. I can do excellent work as opposed to just okay work. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. That's right. That's why that's, that's the point. I, that's why, that's why I communicate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So Let's talk about though the game. I just want to ask one question. So, like this game that you see, you're going to collaborate with someone. But how much input do you still want to? Let's pretend this collaboration happens, and they're like, sure. "Are you okay?" If they were like, "Cool, we really just want you to to be a partner in this, and we're going to pick all the rules of the game, and we're going to like pick the and they take it all over." Would you be okay with that, or do you still want to have creative contribution into the game? Um, depends on what their concept is. I mean, I mean, obviously that's not going to be public uh, wherever I discuss with them. But but it depends on how that pans out. Maybe it's okay for me to have a little bit of input. Maybe not. Maybe if they have something yeah. that's very, that's very solid already, like let's say they don't use my face and use whatever, right? They just want me to play test for them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm open to it. Because I think, again, it's reconnecting with that involt. My goal is get this into the hands of people and change lives, not necessarily how it has to get packaged up to do that. Exactly. And then then maybe another another one that people haven't, like some people probably may have heard of affiliate marketing. You know, maybe I can be the affiliate for them. For that game. Yeah, exactly. Like there are all kinds of uh, when it when I'm not attached to what the end result needs to be, yeah. I, more more can come to me. More can come my way. Yes. So I really love that. Let's talk about people who are sitting there going, "God, this is inspirational." I have a dream. There are 18 things I want to do, and in fact, that's actually a question that I before I get to lot to one of my final questions. Sure. When you have 18 different dreams <laughs> and you have all of these different things you want to do. Right. But, you know, if I try to do them all, I'm not going to do any one of them very well. Yes. How do you prioritize which dream to to chase? How do you or what would you advise to someone who's got all of these dreams, but it feels overwhelming because there are so many options? Yes. How would you help someone make a start? Just get started. 
Wow, that's a, that's a great question because I've been thinking about that myself. And that's why I, I, I got, cl- got clear about, okay, maybe this is something I don't want to spend much time on. So think about what you enjoy and you are good at. It goes back to that. Even though it sounds so cliche or simple, it goes back to yeah. what you really enjoy and what you're good at. You could do it day in, day out without getting paid. Yes. And about getting tired of it, right? And when it comes to building a business, I always tell people like, who could you be around and learn about all day long and never get tired of it? Yes. Because if you're working with people that it's like, because I could have, I could have very easily been, and I love some of my, I've got lawyer clients. I still have lawyer friends. So guys, you know me, I love lawyers. And yes, I still do work with lawyers who own their own firms, but, but for the majority of lawyers, I would have rather poked my eyes out with a fork then have to work with lawyers, right? And go through the personalities they have and the negative mindsets they have and the stress. And so if I had gone down to be a business coach for lawyers, for me, that would not have been successful or sustainable because I would not have enjoyed the people and the conversations. You have to enjoy, again, what you're going to be doing or it won't sustain. It might work and it might work short term, but you can't keep it going if you don't ultimately love. That's right. That's why I learned as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why. And I think too, one thing you said, because like you have the speaking career, but you're all, but your speaking career is working. Would you agree? Kind of like a well-oiled machine. Like, you know, if you want to go get a talk, you can go get a talk. You know, now you've had enough under your belt. You have enough, like getting something to work well and then doing something else. I think is really important too. Yeah, I, I, I still feel it's always evolving, you know, and I, I, I don't have a, a, a very consistent sales process. You know, I don't have that. But, but Well, William, but, I, I am a sales coach. And if you ever want to work together. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, I know how to, I, I know how to reach out to people. I learn from experience, you know, it's, it always comes back to having those meaningful conversations. It's not about some script. It's just asking questions. You know, that, that maybe that's my strength. Yeah, that is your strength. Yeah. Like, and that's why you're liking podcasting. So I want to touch on that real quick. Cause like your whole thing around chasing your dreams, which is what you're really good at. And this board game is a dream you're chasing. And I, what I love is the board game is a dream that you are chasing to create something that will allow other people to chase their dreams. So very meta, by the way, way to go. Right. But, <laughs> This chasing, this chasing dreams concept, you also have a podcast that you're thinking about and bringing these conversations. So my question to you, because so many yes. entrepreneurs want a podcast, they want to write a book, they want to talk, but you, you've been talking about bringing this podcast to reality for a while. My question to you is, so why haven't you done it yet, William? Why isn't it out there? <laughs> I, I have some self-doubt, but the real, because why research it's like you, you don't want to launch until you have at least like four to six episodes recorded and ready to, to go. Yep. And then you always want to stay ahead of schedule. And then what I'm scared of is the commitment because podcasting is a big commitment, long-term yes. game. Yes. Uh, so, and I do, I do think it's the right time for this year uh, because, you know, like, like, like more tools out there will help push the podcast to more people and therefore making more impact. So, so I do think it's the right time. Yeah, it's the right time. And, and yes, like I will say the business coach of me is like, yes, that's true. Having a couple of episodes and being able to stay, 
But if that's what's keeping you from doing it, just record the freaking first episode and get it out there. And I promise the rest will come. <laughs> but I love that you did openly and vulnerably say, I have some self-doubt. Guys, this is what I try to tell you all the time. It doesn't matter how successful you've become, how visible you be, like that the experiences that you've had. It's not that you'll, because people ask me this, when will that go away? When will that feeling of self-doubt go away? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think ever. It's how quickly you can move through it, not that having it is wrong. I think in a way, we're always going to have self-doubt when we're trying something new and we're putting ourselves out there. But I think the key is recognizing it and still taking action anyway, right? And that's yeah. what I want. I want you to take. I want. I think it's a great podcast idea. I want it, I want it out there. So what advice do you have for those who are feeling stuck? They want to make a change. They don't know. They don't even have ideas. They don't even know what their dream is, right? They just know, I don't want this. I don't want this job. I don't want this path that I'm on. I think mm -hmm. I want something else. I want to reinvent myself. I don't know where to start. What would you say to them? Hmm. Well, think about the positives that, that you can get out of your current situation. That's why I did with my previous day jobs that I thought I wouldn't be as passionate about, to, to put it that way. I'm grateful for those experiences because it helps me develop more discipline, more structure. So maybe when we go for our dreams, when I do it, I feel like, okay, I have, I, even though I don't know all the steps, I feel more confident about deciding which steps to take. So, so that's the whole point of school, day jobs. It, 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 you know, even though you, you might feel bad starting there, if you don't want to be there for the rest of your life, you won't be able to get, get out of it. It may, it may, but it may not be right away. You know, even on the other side for businesses, uh, it's very common. You know, I have, I talk to my friends in my network. It really takes them five to 10 years to, to build something that's very solid. So that's a long time. It's not, it's not easy to stick with it. Yeah, no, it's not, right? That Again, loving the process and loving what you do makes that so much easier. And what I loved that you said, I'm just going to highlight this for everybody out there. Start from a place of gratitude and find the positives because that energy attracts more of the right kind of energy. If you're looking for something to fix something that's not working, that's that expectation that will lead to disappointment. But if you guys know me, past dating coach, to put it in dating, if you're not completely like a whole person and you're looking for someone to fix pieces of yourself that are quote unquote broken, you are yeah. going to be disappointed time and time again when people can't fix that. It's the same thing in your life. Like be grateful for where you are and then you will attract more of what you want as opposed to yeah. looking for what you don't want. Because what we look for, we will find. What we focus on expands. So if you're focused on what's not working and what's not going well, guess what, guys? You're going to attract more of it. But uh -huh. if you focus on what's working and what you love, you're going to find more of that. And I think that that's so powerful. And I do think that's what's allowed you to go through so much is you're always looking at what's working, what the yeah. lesson is, what the blessing is, and that leads you to the next opportunity. And so, yeah, I want to say thank you for sharing all of this with us today. You're welcome. Yeah, and, and I can't wait to play the game. I want to be a tester. You tell this company, I want to play it. I want to go down some different paths. I want to see what <laughs> happens. But really, like I think that you are such a great example of being clear on who you are, what you want to do, and just learning how to move through some of the rejection and some of the failure that will be inevitable 
by chasing your dreams, right? It's yeah. inevitable. So I can't wait to hear your podcast, William. I can't All wait. right. Okay. <laughs> I'll make that happen. I, that would be number one. All right, cool. And everybody, please follow William on Instagram. You can go to the show notes and see all the links, but that's where the party is, is on, on the Instagram page. Trust me. Watch the stories religiously. This guy's living life, everybody. This guy knows how to live life, how to have it, but you will also be inspired. And I hope you have learned a little bit today to help you chase your dreams, step into that next level, you, your next level business, whatever that looks like for you. And we'll talk to you next week on another episode of the Read and Made Me Do It show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamimidoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.